I think on the top line, I think a lot of what the general public comes to expect and appreciate is infrastructure and public safety, I think, come to mind. Again, we're building upon uh, some historic investments in our road and bridge infrastructure without having to borrow any money for for this current term, which is nice. Uh, And then on the public safety side, we have adding both in the DA, we are looking at increasing salaries there for for Brian to be able to recruit and retain talent. And then also on the sheriff's side, we're adding a, a couple, two brand new dispatcher positions we've never had or had, but never been filled in, in my tenure that will allow road patrol deputies that are now manning the phones to be on the street protecting the public. So those are something coming from a public safety and, and DPW, public works infrastructure. I think we're filling out the ranks there and, and trying to Make sure we keep those things that are the forefront of most people's minds fully funded. That's one thing that caught my eye also was the $23.6 million that's going to be used for roads and bridges. But it's being done without borrowing money. How is that possible? I think it's been over the course of the years. When I first started here, we were uh, 15, 16, 17 years ago. It was a struggle to um, even pave roads. And at that time, we were borrowing money um, more frequently than we should have. So I think over time, just as we gotten um, our financial house in order, so to speak. Um, that's obviously been one of the number one priorities is to be able to address our infrastructure without going into debt. So a lot of our extra um, sales tax and extra um, revenue sources that we've realized, that's probably been the number one priority right off the bat from this legislature is to make sure we're doing completing all our road and bridge projects without having to borrow money. I think that was laid out pretty clearly um, four years ago from of the, the current board. And then that's been carried out through this term. And hopefully something that never goes away to the future where we get back to where we're borrowing for roads and bridges. But I think it's just been set from day one as that's a priority. And we have to stop borrowing money um, for something we have to do every year. Another thing that, that sort of caught my eye was this uh, housing trust fund. Can you clarify the, how the $2 million for housing trust fund will help with the housing problem we have in Sullivan County and what exactly it would be used for? So not unlike um, our neighbors in the Mid-Hudson and New York State, but across the country, um, housing availability and affordability have become um, one of our bigger problems um, that we, we're facing. Um, and that's all up and down. This isn't just affordable housing, but it, it's up and down the, the uh, spectrum of housing affordability. Housing trust funds exist, and Ulster County has just created one, and Dutch has created one that mirrors a housing trust. But what a housing trust would do is uh, find a dedicated revenue stream that would um, be dedicated to to that very issue to address the housing availability and affordability um, crisis that we're facing today. The county has completed a housing study with an outside consultant, and that had some I think three major recommendations in it. The housing trust, I mean, the new legislature will have to determine how they, from a policy perspective, think that those that $2 million will be best spent. Um, but it can do anything from new construction to renovating apartments. Um, what would happen is the county would um, solicit from, we're not going to be the ones constructing housing as a county government, but we would be partnering with not-for-profit entities that would then use that housing trust fund money to leverage other pots of money and be the ones that are actually um, doing the renovation or construction. What the county is able to do in those partnerships is to put restrictions um, on whether it's a sale or rent that they would be able to charge for a period of time. So if they took public money, 
we could mandate that a certain percentage of those units had to be at market rate or lower. Right. Or So there's a whole host of ways that the legislature can do that. But um, I think our, our housing study talked about that. Well, if we're going to incentivize a for-profit company or not-for-profit, then they have to keep rent and, and housing at an affordable rate. Yeah, no, definitely. Absolutely. As you know, I said, it's a definitely dire need here in the Catskills in Sullivan County, uh, especially with the housing uh, market the way it is. I was just looking over last night and you getting ready for this interview about uh, over the digital budget book. And according to you, according to the, to the county, it, it makes it easier for people to understand the budget. So can you explain exactly what's the digital budget and how it, does it help explain the budget to folks? Yes, for the past several years, we've been participating in the Government Finance Officers Association budgeting program where we received awards. When I first started, the budget book was literally just a a book full of numbers um, without really any explanation or narrative. So that's what we've gone toward. Um, We have have read two books. We have a detail, which pretty much still is all just numbers for the most part, but we have an executive summary that's what on the the digital budget book, which is more interactive, narrative driven. There's numbers, obviously, but there's a lot of descriptors and explanations on the budget and how we got to the budget timeframes, um, how we budget, um, the budget process, even just programs. So if there's an apartment, it's just not expenses and revenues. It'll have a narrative. What's their mission? What are their goals for the year? What is the new funding that they have new funding going to um, address or new positions? And then now on the the digital side, which is our second year, it's more interactive for someone using so they can drill down into certain accounts or departments that they're interested in learning more about um, versus just leaping through a a budget book that's in paper. So then our goal has been more um, open and transparent with the budget process. Municipal budgeting isn't always easy. So the, the more we can make it an easier document to read, and we're adding stuff every year. Every year we try to add new things um, um, or make things easier for the general public to understand. Um, it, like I said, it's not necessarily there's a $280 million budget and hundreds of pages of accounts and expenses so it's, and revenue. So it's not easy if you don't have the time to spend. So I think what we're trying to do is be able to hand something off that someone that doesn't have a whole lot of time can really spend some time and, and understand what's happening at the county government level. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, like I said, it could be daunting. Uh, just even like a local town budget and just can imagine it being expanded to a county budget and just looking through it, like budget overview uh, links that you have here, we have priorities and issues and budget calendar and budget timeline. It's a lot, a lot of the questions that a lot of people have. So it's really great stuff that makes it, exactly, it makes it easier for the general public to understand the budget. And another thing uh, as the budget I want to talk about is the budget suggests hiring more people in different departments. What do you mean by that? Not dissimilar from the housing issue. I think we're, we're all struggling through um, um, a very tight labor market. Um, um, and so county governments, well, we're municipal employ- workers, we're competing with not-for-profits, private sector, and a whole host of areas, whether it's IT, accounting, healthcare. Um, so we've done a few things. I mean, one, we, we have all of our union contracts settled for the next two and three years, which has helped with some salaries and, and be able to re- recruit and ret- retain talent. Um, we have an RFP out today that the budget would would fund is to look at certain departments, like I mentioned, healthcare, IT, where it's, it's you're competing with a very small um, talent pool in the area. And you, if you're not competitive on wages, you're 
most likely not going to be able to hire in certain of those titles. There's money in there to be able to do that, to be able to look at those certain areas where, where we have vacancies and it's very hard to fill. We have funding, um, which we're very proud to provide the, as much education and training that, that we can for employees. Actually, as, as we speak today, there's ongoing training for management and supervisors that's being carried over into next year. And then we have a pretty robust education tuition reimbursement program that we've instituted along with working with, we, we pay pretty much for free county employees that want to go take classes at SUNY Sullivan. So I think we're doing a lot. We've recently partnered with Marist College to provide some graduate programs at half cost, uh, half of the cost that they would normally charge. So I think there's a whole host of things we're trying to do and you have to get a little innovative and can't just assume you're going to have tens or twenties of amount of people applying for jobs like they used to pre-pandemic. So we've gotten innovative both on the education and training side, but also adding positions in certain areas where we know we need help. But I think that those other ancillary things are just as important as the positions themselves. If you're not at the forefront of attracting talent, retaining talent, you're going to be uh, left behind. Now, there's two f- formal public hearings uh, but for the proposed 2024 county budget. They are set for Tuesday, December 5th at 5.30 and Thursday, December 7th at 10.30. Both will be held at the Government Center in Monticello. Josh, before we go, is there anything else I have not touched on? Do you want folks to know about the budget? No, I think it's we're here to we're here to serve. And if there's any questions or comments, or we're, we're more than welcome to entertain them and try to answer your questions or about the budget. So I think that's it. We we're talking to the Sullivan County Manager, Josh Potosik, talking about the tentative 2024 budget happening. Now I said two public hearings are coming up on the fifth and then the seventh. Thank you so much, Josh, for talking to us. Let us know about the budget. I appreciate it anytime. All right, and happy Thanksgiving, Josh. You as well.